Welcome to Make Your Point, a Poland Brothers podcast. We're back for episode three, part two of kind of the our spiritual introductions to the to the world. Um, and so, in the in the last episode, Dan and I uh, both told our story of starting out Mormon, and then we've both ended up in an atheist place. Um, now we're going to talk to our agnostic brother. Uh, you know, atheist light, Asian atheist, diet atheist, and then finally we're gonna the the one I'm really looking forward to here is James's story, where he he is now a practicing Catholic from where, Mormonism, from Mormonism into evangelical Christianity and then to Catholicism. So that's the path we all take. What's that? The path we all take. The path we all take. Yes. Yeah, that was uh, definitely definitely (sighs) the way. So, anyway, um, in thinking about this episode, because we were delayed last week because the birthday palooza happening in Texas. uh, Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, James has three kids that all have a birthday on the same day. Um, It's just... Emily keeps you on a really tight schedule. I, I guess, think. right? It's a very um, I tried work. to mathematically work it back to my birthday. I yeah. Think <laughs> <laughs> so, so we weren't able to record last week, but we're here now to finish. This will be part two, episode three. Um, the, our stories now, it, like what I was saying before, though, is in preparation for this, I got to thinking about prayer, and how prayer can be so because both of our brothers that we're going to talk to today both still pray Mark <laughs> admitted that Last, uh, yeah. and james i'm sure prays all the time so yes. uh i got to thinking what don't you get tired of waiting for answers and not having definite answers it wouldn't it be great if there was some way to get an answer in real time why wait for god or the saints well <laughs> you just you do you want the answer right now and so what did uh-huh. i put together what is a catholic prayer aid uh this is specifically pointed at james but mark i'm sure it'll work for you too <laughs> <laughs> um, so what you do is you you can make one yourself too you just need to go out and purchase a ouija board <laughs> on the counter cut out a picture of the saint that you'd like to talk to and just mm-hmm. paste that on the, the little triangle thing that goes around and points right. it. And then you can get an answer from the saint you're praying to right away. Right away. And not have to wait and, uh, or, or, you know, be worried or try to be worthy or anything like this. You, you get an answer, mm-hmm. yes or no, right away. Right away. So what do you think, James? Um, uh, I think all of you are going to hell. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Am I going to hell? I think... Am I going to diet hell? Am I going to diet hell? I think yeah, you're going to this stuff first. Mm. Ooh, purgatory. <laughs> purgatory, I can explain, but, but I we could definitely contact Mark on the Ouija board if he's in purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all better hope you end up in purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so that's that's my I think the first product of our show might be the Catholic prayer device, or prayer aid. Matt, Matt can I just put the instructions ask, did you, online did you find this, anybody. Did you find this on YouTube? 
Did no, you, I, I, mean, I came you, up with this on my own. No, I you came up with this on your own. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's actually right here, James. Yeah, it's right here. It. That picture I sent I know, you. I saw. I saw the picture. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, have uh, you uh, so, have you tried to have you tried to use it yet? No, not yet. We figured we'd have you use it first. Yeah, since I, we you're figured more you, you know, you're you're the ones seeking answers from spiritual beings. Let's. Uh... James, you're Catholic. Mm-hmm. It, it would only work for you. <laughs> yeah, well, that uh, that logic follows. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we'll keep that in mind as we get back to the stories now. Mark, you're up. Tell us about your journey from mormonism to where you are now well mine's mine's a little bit different than uh you guys because i was the uh only brother that left the mormon church while still a teenager uh everyone else was uh in their adulthood i was a teenager so um my so you guys had the the pleasure of being in the mormon church a lot longer than i did now of course (laughs) Of course, I, I did, uh, was a devout believer like we all were when we were kids. And really, it was through the influence of you guys that I started questioning things about the Mormon church. And, and when Matt was doing all this research and, um, you know, sharing that research with me about, you know, why Mormonism was false, it... It got me to think, and I, I left the church um, around 15 years old. Um, after well, that, that was the year that mom and dad got divorced, right? When you were 15? Yeah, okay. it was about that okay. same same time. And, uh, you know, the years that followed, like everyone who leaves the Mormon church, you kind of search for uh, new things. And uh, for a while, I, uh, I followed... I, I, I almost became Catholic. There was a... Yes, uh, thank you. I was hoping you would not skip wait, over this part. Yeah, wait, I didn't so know please, this. Can you go, can okay. you go, so this, can you go deeper? I, I, oh, you need I to will. explain this because I, I didn't know this. So uh, I went to Dobson High School and mm. uh, next door there's... Uh, what was it? St. Peter's? St. Timothy. Saint, no, St. Saint, Saint, Saint Timothy. Yeah, St. Saint Saint Timothy, Timothy. Yep. And they had a... Uh, Which, I gotta say, there was a priest there that got in trouble for well, dealing hold kids. Well, hold on, hold on. We can get into that later. That, Thank you, Daniel. For that, that. <laughs> gotta put that out there. That, that comes up later in my story. Um, so, uh, Father Dale um, yes. was there, and he had a youth uh, program that was very popular. Was it like a huge yeah. youth program? Baney? <laughs> Gross. Um, so there were, they had a teen mass um, that that uh, people would go to, and my girlfriend at the time was really into it, and she convinced me to go, and so for about a year and she was Catholic. And she was Catholic, and she was a part of. She this. was she was uber Catholic, right, Mark? She oh, was... she was. Uber Catholic. She was like Mel Gibson Catholic? (laughs) (laughs) Matt, not everyone who's Uber Catholic is Mel Gibson Catholic. What about, was she like IRA Catholic? That whoever is a devout Catholic is a saint of a content, and they are not. Those that hate it when you do that. What about what about the IRA Catholic? James, if you're going to be Catholic, you've got to go all the way. Yeah. Those, those are people you'd have a lot of politically in common with, is the IRA Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, I started uh, going to this um, 
this church, and, you know, I, I liked it. Um, I went to a Catholic retreat um, where it, there was a lot of um, spiritualism, more than most uh, Catholics. And uh, there was this one time where uh, kids were, you know, they would, there was these seven gifts that you could do while you were, you know, praying and, and the priest was talking. And Wait, then, what do you mean by gifts? Um, one of them is speaking in tongues. Oh, like one spiritual of, gifts. Spiritual gifts or, you know, and then so people Mark, would pray over. So, Mark, did you speak in tongues? Th- yeah, did you? Uh, unfortunately. Oh, my God. You spoke in tongues? Yes. Really? No, just tell Mark. Let Mark finish the story. Sorry. Sorry. demons to your left. I'm learning something new. Yeah. So it was this, uh, you know, really not normal, typical Catholic, but it was, you know, there was maybe 500 kids and, and leaders there. And, you know, there was a lot of, you know, playing Christian music and then praying over kids. Like like peer pressure. Well, yeah. It's, you know, a, it's you, a camp. It's it was a, a camp. camp. And, yeah. uh and then uh, I remember this spiritual experience where, uh, you know, I was being prayed over by some of the counselors and people were laying down, people were singing. Um, and I remember speaking in tongues. <laughs> Can you give us an example of speaking in tongues? <laughs> oh, you really have to be in the mood to speak in tongues. Well, okay. I, I, to I do have a question. Got the board. <laughs> I, I do have a question, though, and, and I'm going to refer to our... Uh, catholic mm-hmm. expert here but is speaking in tongues like a thing in the catholic church uh no diocese that i've attended okay because i i but, usually um, when i think of people speaking in tongues i think of those evangelical churches no, not necessarily well, catholicism the catholic is very catholicism is very large i mean there's but there's do, a billion there's a billion point there's 1.2 billion catholics you can find Catholic churches that feel very evangelical, feel very Pentecostal, and, um, and, they, and they do things like that. I think that's probably what yeah. they were doing. So, but there. you're you're more so, like traditional Catholic then, right? Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you once again, Matt. No, <laughs> no I, um, I'm sick because I like I was actually unaware that the Catholic Church was that diverse. It, it is. Okay. It, it is rather diverse in right. that way. I mean, they'll have the same basic beliefs about the Eucharist and about the sacraments and about um, the authority of the church, so forth. But uh, underneath that, there's a lot of, based on where you are in the world and what your bishop will allow or not allow, can can be a wide, a wide variety of of different things. Okay. So. Yeah. Thanks, okay, James. so there's room enough for yeah. the Catholic religion for kooks. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you maybe, once maybe again. Some snake, <laughs> some snake handling. <laughs> so, well, back to the point of, of this uh, part of my story is that belief is very powerful. Um, belief in something being true, you can convince yourselves, and I think we would all agree, of, of many things. And me being that young and the environment of that church camp allowed myself to think that that was possible to speak in tongues, to have... So that's, that's your... It's, I mean, you think there's 0% chance that something real happened there? Uh, 
like, yes, Mark, yeah. Did, yeah. did the spirit speak through you? Yeah. No, I, was it? I, yeah, I, well, I really, it was the, honestly, I think it was just the environment I was in. At the time, though, did you think oh, that at the was time, real? Yes, okay, at the time, I, I thought ask it was this, real. Mark. No, 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 Mark, no, 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 thought something real happened for several years after this, not just recently when he talks with his demonic atheist brother. <laughs> so. No, I, so, I, four years I, I just afterwards. Clarifying you for, for a long time, Mark thought this was a real experience. Yes, so. but... In, but all of us believed crazy things. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we believed we in Mormonism for, for a while. For a like, that's yeah. pretty well, crazy. Yeah, and I just, I just, the moments in my life when it comes to religion, it really just taught me the power of belief, not necessarily in uh, religion. In fact, I think there is a net. Okay, so you think. Hold that... on, hold on. I think there is a net gain or a, a net loss in organized religion. Um, I'm, I, but on the other side, I'm not as extreme as uh, Matt and Dan in saying that, you know spiritualism uh everything is you know off the table i think that i would like to believe that there is a god i would like to believe in pa- in prayer and when i'm praying it's like putting a message in a bottle and throwing out into Stop the ocean. cackling at Mark. Mark, Jeez. you need the Catholic prayer aid more than me. <laughs> okay. Well, Mark, let me finish. Mark's going home with the board. Yeah, that board is now yours, Mark. Here's my point. Here's my point. When you, It's like you know, putting that message in a bottle and throwing it out in the ocean, and maybe it's never going to be received. But it's not about whether it is answered like you were talking about. For me, it's about, you know, a therapist in the sky, right? It's like your own personal therapy to throw out that prayer for your own self rather than having it waiting for God for an answer. It just, in those moments in my life, it makes me feel a little bit better those moments of prayer. Do I think it's possible and probably likely that it is all just me. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, which is why I would say I am agnostic because I'm probably agnostic leaning atheist, but I just don't think there is any harm um, in, in letting things out into the universe in the form of prayer. Mark's a believer in the secret. <laughs> What's that? Um, I didn't want to say it. (laughs) What's the secret? The secret is uh, is if you believe something's going to happen, it will happen. It's kind of like the generic psychology. It's so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So if you you want a new car, for example, you just need to think Throw it out in the universe. Throw it out in the universe (laughs) and live like you're going to get that new car. Right. And the universe will supply that new car for you. Well, I just don't, like I said, I think it is your own personal therapy to pray. Whether you were religious or not, it's your own therapy. It's interesting you say that, Mar, because I think God is a crappy therapist. Right. Well, like what? Well, I... it's not God. It's probably you, and hoping that there is a God on the other see, side. See, but but see, for for me though, like a, I feel like like that idea of a God, it's almost like a schizophrenia, because you you think that God's in your head, and listening, and you know, so but it's really just you, and so it's like separates you. 
from reality. And I understand. I, I don't like, know. Yeah, but, I, I, I would mean, disagree with that. I, you know. There's a higher reality, Dan. Oh, okay. There's a higher reality. It's throw it out the universe. I, I would say it's your own reality. We make our own realities. And religion can be very harmful. I'm going to start calling you Deepak Chopra. <laughs> <laughs> religion can harm belief in, in the way that I believe cannot harm anyone. And if I die and there's no God... Well, then it didn't harm anyone. If there is a God, hey, low risk, high reward. You're splitting your bet. You're Pascal's waiting right. uh, for kind of a new age type spiritualist. He's, he's covering the spread. Yeah, he, he's got it covered. So that's that's interesting, Mark. Yeah, I didn't realize you were as spiritual as you are. You you hide that around us very well. I'm not hiding it. And, Jeez, you know, um... Matt and Daniel, I wonder why he wouldn't feel comfortable. Why? <laughs> Jeez, nothing comes to mind. It's a mystery. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're so nice and you know, respectful of your religion. <laughs> oh, by the way, James, the uh, Father Dale did get arrested for uh, pedophilia. Yeah, I know. So I how many? Know. Wait, how many Catholic priests? haven't got arrested for pedophilia is that like oh the that's better well, question according to, to the, according to the news media which i guess is where you're getting your sources <laughs> oh, um, yeah. yeah fake news I mean, fake news that guy really didn't deal with those kids <laughs> it's i mean oh oh we, we lost have a call James. failure all right we're back all right we're back with this that was our first commercial break right um, <laughs> so uh james we, you were just talking about pedophilia yeah, <laughs> take it away. No. I was saying it's obviously it was a it was a problem in the in the American church primarily. Also, there was a issue, an issue in Ireland as well uh, where there was abuse. Um, what what I will say is that the deeper you go into any organization, you find that that abuse of this kind is pretty much everywhere. Um, the Southern Baptist uh, Conference had a Wow. Everybody else is, everybody's doing so it. Like, um, yeah, everybody's doing it, so, yeah. Elementary right. schools have a, a similar problem. Any, I, gym, gymnasts have a similar problem, right? It's 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 everywhere. Why, why, do, you excuse, think, why do you think it's very prevalent in religion, though, James? It doesn't excuse what occurred, if I may finish. Sorry. But um, <laughs> it, it, is, it, is a, it is not simply a Catholic problem. That is a oversimplification uh, but would you would you call it like you said? It's in it's in a lot of different religions. Would you call it a religious problem then? No, because I just listed it, I mean, some it very seems like that attracts a lot things. of pedophilia. I, I listed no. That would be that would be the atheist argument. Yes, I would I would agree with James this. on this. It is everywhere. But I would add a question to James: uh, the fact that priests are not allowed to have sex. Do you think that? <laughs> so silly. <laughs> well, can I finish my question? <laughs> Um, no. <laughs> priests are not allowed to have sex, James. So, do you uh -huh. think that that kind of, um, you know, ends up being a safe harbor for uh, pedophiles? Like the fact that uh, you know what, they what, have what this. Does one have to do with the other? Yeah, Can I don't think pedophilia and not having sex is. Well, is... here's here's the thing. It's like if they, um, it if if someone has that serious problem. 
um, it seems like that is a way for them to hide that problem. It's like a shield well, that well, they Mark, are a, they are a priest. Like, and do you think if you allowed priests to be married, and uh, like other religions, you would attract less pedophiles? I I don't think so. I I think um, and as you know, like I mean, I've been married for uh, close to twenty years now. Uh, there's been many times where I felt celibate. <laughs> Except for that once a year. Never, and never once have I thought about, you know, expressing myself. Right. Well, and, and on top of that, Mark, though, like, you have to understand, pedophilia, it's not really about the sex act. What it is, is it's about the control yeah, you're right. over another human being. And so I think that, I think the reason why religion attracts that is because a priest is in a position of power, just like a, a preacher or all these people who do those things, just like you were saying, like they're in gyms. Well, he's the coach. He's in a position of power. Mm-hmm. Right? Anybody who's in a position of trust with children can, can exactly. use that as a, as a hide. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, there are some people, well, I mean, if, sure, uh, but there are people in the Catholic Church and that, uh, push for allowing a priest to be married. What is your view mm-hmm. on that? Um, I, it's I. There, there are certain priests who actually are married. Um, you may not know this, uh, but uh, in some of the Anglican community, uh, if they if they become Catholic, they can remain married, um, and and actually be a, a married priest. Uh, do you it's, think that makes all the other priests that are not married jealous? Yeah, right. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> like, man, I should have got married first. Or is the married well, priest I, jealous like, of the I, celibate? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, they're both celibate. <laughs> yeah. I, really, I mean, are they really doing it that much more? Than, I don't, I don't, um, no, I don't think. I, I, I think it's. Um, I think it'd be fine if they expanded it a little more. I, I don't think that the. I don't think it really, the reason why it really came about was um, in, in the Middle Ages, uh, this is around the time of, of St. Anthony. I mean, they had, they'd had celibate priests since the very beginning, but, but when it was really kind of uh, made standard as part of the vows, um, they, it was done in response to uh, priests being, uh, at least some corrupt priests in position of power, uh, being a little loose with their morals, um, so there was kind of a uh, a a view that if you put that in the vows, that would clamp down on it more, and it did. Uh, there was there's significant evidence that it helped the church quite a bit. Um, so uh, I I do, I do think that you maybe could have uh, an order of priests that that remain, you know, that uh, that that are able to get married. Uh, I think that might be okay. Um, but uh, by and large, I think the standard should be that that priest should remain celibate. All right. Well, um, Mark needs to finish. Yeah, Mark. What? Well, um, I mean, I, after that experience, uh, I I went to college, and then uh, in college, I I really just got to learn uh, and meet people who had uh, varying religious beliefs. And that really kind of expanded my mind about what people believe. And, um, you know, just the mere fact that there are so many religions and so many around the world 
uh, it just leads me to believe that organized religion itself is is created by man. It is this this fear and death that you want an answer. Humans by nature want to organize things, and the fact that we don't know what happens after we die, we really want to organize that, and and I think that's what creates religion. Now, I, 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 I have the belief that, yes, maybe there is some higher power, but I think the it's, it's a little arrogant of man to think that we know really anything about it uh, to the point where you can have rules about everyday life and everything. Why would God be so narcissistic to have all these rules? Um, it's like an ant trying to understand, uh, um, you know, a carburetor. Like, if God is this all-knowing thing and, and so, so superior to us, you know, the Alpha and the Omega, how, how can we, as ants, pretend to know what God wants? It just seems so obvious that it is man creating this image of God and putting rules on it and throughout history you see religion being used as a way to control people or you know segregate people or all these bad things but if there is a higher power I just don't think it is even possible for our limited brain power to truly understand and I guess that's really my big big issue with religion is that People think they know something that they couldn't possibly know if if God is so advanced, if his whole entire world is so much bigger than ours. The fact that we think we know all these things, it seems a little ridiculous to me. Well, well I agree with the ridiculous part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's very interesting. That's a very agnostic view in fact i've i've at points in my life i was right there with you mark and like in the the idea that yeah if if there is a god then um then how would we understand something like that and i get that um but i guess at the same time if there was a god then he is a narcissistic asshole and he just left us you, you took the devices. thought right out of my head. It's just so, like we were talking. Like we were talking last week. Like if aliens are real and they're just secretly working, right? You know, in the in the sky, keeping themselves hidden from us, yeah. then they're all Both assholes, right? They're all assholes. They don't want to share their technology. They they they're not helping right. us with the technology that can obviously to help help humanity. humanity. And so God is even worse because right. God is not helping humanity. And not only he's supposed to be created humanity and then just... So if God does exist in, a, in the type of God that Mark thinks, he's a, he's a fucking dick. He's a douche. Mm. Well, <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> well, first of all, let me, uh, let me take apart a few things that have just been said. Uh, <laughs> Wait, do I need to get the board out? <laughs> Number one, to the alien point, uh, both you and I attended a conference, Matt, where we know that the <laughs> aliens yes. are uh, secretly sharing that technology with the U.S. government. Um, so they are sharing it with us just through the wrong people. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they're just, they're not, 
necessarily so narcissistic it is, it is assholes. Very, it's a they're just stupid. It's very, <laughs> no, no, it's very similar to religion because, you know, God is sharing just to the wrong people. And that's why religion has murdered so many millions of people throughout the years is because they just got it wrong. It's just a matter of logistics, really. Right. God, God's all powerful, but he's just really bad at logistics. Same with the alien. All right. So. Um, the, the second thing, uh, <laughs> which, which I may, um, God obviously can reveal truth to people. And if, if, if you, you know, believe in the, in the Christian argument, he revealed himself through, you know, our Lord Jesus, who became man. What? Why did he choose in society? Why did he choose person. such a? If you would not please interrupt me. <laughs> why did he choose such a uh, crappy way to reveal himself? Yeah, I, I don't believe it's a crappy way to reveal himself. Well, I, I <laughs> just saying that doesn't make it so. Now, can I can I can I make can my finish? point? Um, okay, I'll, 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 I'll move on. Make okay. your point. God gives us enough revelation in society and in to human beings, uh, just enough as not to interfere with our free will. Because if it was too much, we would oh. feel oppressed mm, by God, and we would feel that we had no choice when it came to God. Is God all so powerful? So God gives James? us enough revelation as to not influence our free will. It, it, so, that is my answer. So, <laughs> okay, but is God all powerful? Oh, do, do not do this atheist. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. It was a it's simple so question. Like, you, you, you like put like seven presuppositions that are all flawed, and then you put them in a circle, and then you end up with and, and you go victory. <laughs> so it kind of sounds like our president these days. <laughs> that's James's president, yeah, right? James is still he's still gonna I'm win, not, James. I won't even, even engage with that stupid atheist circle. It's so stupid. It's God all powerful. Then he doesn't care. If he doesn't care, then he doesn't love you. It's so stupid. It's just dumb. There's plenty it's of people like who love one another okay. who don't care. <laughs> and, and before, like, and there's so many arguments about what you just said that I could bring up, James. But what I would like to do, are you done, Mark? Because I yes, would really want to hear yes. James's story. All right, story. yeah. So James, we're going to give yeah. you the floor now. You can start at the beginning as a Mormon, work your way through Christianity, and and where you end up in Catholicism. I'm, I'm dying oh, to hear that. And, and we will try not to interrupt you. <laughs> No I promises. No fucking promises. <laughs> um, gosh, this is such a this is a lot to unpack. It's weird to try to put your life into a um, a few minutes. Um, so obviously, I was I was born uh, and raised Mormon. Uh, I think uh, my brothers would agree that uh, I tried to be the best Mormon I possibly could be. Uh, I. Uh, um, was very, uh, very devout, uh, never, never considered breaking the rules, um, or, or doing anything wrong. Uh, I think, um, you know, I believed that God was, uh, you know, who the Mormon said he was. He was a, uh, transcendent human who had exalted himself, uh, and became, became God. Uh, it was my desire to become an exalted being as well, uh, to create our own universes, <laughs> Um, which that would be fun. Uh, looking back, looking back now, I uh, me and my brothers talked about this. Uh, if me and my brothers ever became 
ascended godlike beings, uh, that would be the end of the universe. <laughs> there would be utter destruction just from us trolling each other. <laughs> right. Um, well, it would be. <laughs> it would be so much fun yeah. to send a false prophet to your planet. <laughs> create a religion worshiping me when it, everyone should be worshiping you i mean that yeah. would be that would be great yeah it would be uh like axes and allies on an intergalactic scale yeah. <laughs> um so yeah i mean let's see i was you know that was when i was eight obviously i uh you know i was i believe i was deacon corn president i think i was teacher's corn president as well i i was a uh, priest corn first assistant um, I, I believe, and this is very common for, for those who leave the Mormon church, something, something happens in your life that kind of shakes your world and, and causes you to question, um, well, I, you know, I think your it's because your whole world is Mormonism at that point. And when yeah. it's gone, you have a vacuum. Well, they, yeah, they yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, there's uh, always something. Yeah, that catalyst. Out. So that, that catalyst, and it sounds like it was a little bit of a catalyst for Mark, too, was uh, our parents' divorce and, and how that went down. Uh, without without going into details on that, that's another four-part series. But I started to uh, lose lose faith in, in how the church was handling that, and I started to just question overall, overall things about church. And I actually became friends with um, uh, a guy by the name of Mickey, who was... Uh, a, a friend of mine from high school, he uh, was Mormon as well, uh, but he had an evangelical girlfriend, um, and uh, they actually ended up sharing with him uh, some of the truths about uh, Mormon church history and uh, and things like that, that that caused him to to leave the Mormon church and become an evangelical. Uh, at that time, he started to um, share that with me, and actually became really good friends with both him and his girlfriend. Uh, and their family, uh, which was an evangelical family. Um, so uh, at that time, they, they taught me a lot of, um, you know, classic evangelical um, views uh, about God. Which, I remember you know, at this I, time you were, you were very, you very much liked the idea of grace, being saved by grace. Yes, yes. And I still like that. Um, even, e- even, even though you're Catholic. Well, you, you obviously don't understand anything about the Catholic Church. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes, uh, I, I still like that. Um, <laughs> but at that time, I, um, you know, which is common, I, I think, with, with, with Mormons, particularly very devout Mormons, is, is you kind of, like Daniel was saying, you kind of have a vacuum, uh, and you kind of go back and forth. Um, in your belief system, uh, I kind of always admired uh, Matt because once he found out the truth, uh, you know he's gone. But for me, it was it was something that was very emotional. So I was I was, I, I went back and forth uh, with the Mormon Church um, for for several years um, to the point where I actually did end up going on a mission uh, for a few weeks, <laughs> uh, and I actually made it to the, uh, the missionary training center. And, um, and I, I, I should say at this time when I, when I decided to start, um, uh, well, let me go back further. So what had happened is my friends, um, Nikki and Nikki had actually gone on a, uh, a evangelical mission, um, to Egypt for a little while. And so I was kind of on my own for a little bit. 
And uh, at that time, my my friend from high school, my Mormon friend from high school, uh, Justin Patton, came back from his mission. He actually went here to Dallas on his mission. Um, but uh, he came back, and we started hanging out. Uh, we started hanging out a lot, and he was he was obviously still Mormon. Um, and just during that time, I, I think I still had a desire, you know, to feel that that certainty that came from Mormonism. And uh, I was still, you know, a very young adult. I just graduated high school. Uh, so I was trying to figure things out and I just went back and forth. And at that time I decided I was going to just try to be Mormon, uh, again. And, uh, I was actually dating, uh, my current wife at the time, Emily, uh, and, uh, decided I was going to go on a mission. So I, uh, went to the missionary training center. Um, and they started, they started, you know, with their classic, uh, missionary training center uh, teachings about the truthfulness of the church and they, they would quote certain scriptures or, or say certain things that I knew were flat out false. <laughs> like I just knew from my, my evangelical friends that taught me enough that I just knew that what they were saying wasn't true. Uh, and that was really, um, caused me to have a hard time. Also at the time, you know, mom and, uh, the family at home was going through some, very, very difficult times. I think, Daniel, you had just got home from your mission as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, anyway, I was still not totally recovered from parents' divorce, so emotionally I don't think I could handle going on a mission as well. So, anyway, I ended up talking to a counselor there about how I was feeling. Um, they decided to uh, go ahead and send me home. At the time, they were kind of really getting a lot of pressure because uh, they had had – I learned this later on, but uh, in the 80s and 90s, they were actually – under a lot of heat because they were keeping missionaries out there no matter what. Uh, and they were refusing to send them home. Uh, and there was actually some lawsuits and things that were happening right about the time that they sent me home. So it seems like they were a little more anxious to send me home <laughs> because of that. Okay. Uh, worked out. Your mission was to yeah. Los Angeles, wasn't it, James? It was to Ventura, California, which oh. is like the hills. Like the, oh, okay. Yeah, it would have been really, would have been a really nice place to be for two years, actually. Yeah. Uh, Way better than but, Columbus? Uh, yeah, I ended up um, coming home. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was just saying it's so, probably better than Cleveland. Yeah, probably way better. <laughs> where, where Dan went where, on his mission. <laughs> Andy, went, Andy went to Columbus. Yeah, Andy went yes, to Columbus. Dan went to Cleveland. Fucking Cleveland. Ohio. Yeah. Ohio of all yeah. fucking <laughs> didn't, didn't Dad go to Columbus or Cleveland? He went well, to... Well, it was all... Eastern states. Yeah, yeah. His, his mission was huge. It was like... Yeah. <laughs> it included both of me and Andy's missions in Pennsylvania and I think part of oh, New York. Really? Yeah. It was huge back then. Yeah. Um, in any case, so uh, I, I ended up coming back home and long, long story short, uh, didn't, didn't go back out. Um, uh... Ended up getting married to, to Emily uh, the, the next year because uh, I remember actually going, um, when I got home, I went to see the state president, and uh, he said, so when are you going to get married? Like, like Was this, this the same state do. president? Yeah, it was, that was Palmer, who the same, same one. He said, uh, when are you going to get married? You need to get married as soon as possible. <laughs> Um, which is... That's, yeah, it's that's classic Mormon, Mormonism right, yeah. right there. Yeah, get those Mormon yeah, babies. It's, it's, you better you better get married. You can't you can't be single after the time you know you're 25. Yeah, right. Otherwise, otherwise I think their their retention rate goes way down. <laughs> right. Um. So uh, me and Emily get up you know, get married. Um. We uh 
I've been married since since 2001. Um, very happy with her now. We've we've gone through uh, a lot together, um, and our, uh, obviously uh, I'll kind of get to <laughs> uh, leaving the church again. So <laughs> um, got married in the temple, um, and uh, almost from the get go. I mean, I was still struggling with with my doubts. I remember even going to the temple uh, before we got married, and I. Well, you would have uh, went probably to, like, went to the, the temple before you went to the MTC, of... right? What's that? You probably went to the temple first before MTC, right? Before your mission. Before your... No, I did. I No, this is, yes, but this right. is, this I, is I, I'm not saying married. going after oh, okay. the, this is not going the first time. This okay. is just going there. Um, so I, I went to the, I went to the temple, um, you know, before we got married. Uh, and I was, um, I remember meeting Emily in like the Arby's outside after I went to a session. And I remember looking and I'm like, I'm not sure I really believe any of this. I'm like, it's just so weird. <laughs> saying this and Emily just kind of had this shocked look on her face. <laughs> right. Um, and um, anyway, but I, I did the same thing. You know, I'd cycle through it. I'd just kind of stuff it. Um, and so, you know, in, in you know, it's probably a little unfair uh, to Emily because, I mean, she never really doubted uh, her faith. Um but we, uh, we ended up getting married in the temple. Um, and, uh, I would say a few years, um, maybe 2002, 2003, actually, I, yeah, it was all the way up to 2003 that I was probably, uh, devout. Um, something really, really snapped me out of it, um, was, uh, in, in 2003, uh, actually 2002, my first child was born, Claire, um, in August, and Emily's brother, Preston, uh, uh, two weeks after Claire was born, or even, or even might have been sooner than that, was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and have it even, even worse, <laughs> after a few months, um, in February of 2003, um, Emily's dad had a, had a heart attack and died. Um, after her brother was, um, diagnosed with cancer. Um, and then after that, um, after that, what occurred, um, it's a little difficult to talk about, but, um, they, uh, Preston had, uh, a patriarchal blessing and y'all know what that is. So a patriarchal blessing is where Mormons, uh, a Mormon patriarch, uh, or a high priest will essentially give blessings to young kids to um, essentially prophesy on their life and what they should do and what's going to happen to their in their life and things they should watch out for. So after Preston had gotten diagnosed, this, um, uh, this patriarch uh, had told him, uh, and this was after his dad died, uh, that he would be healed from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Um, basically, no, no, one, no one believed anything different other than uh, Preston was going to come out of his cancer, right? And be healed from it. Um, in any case, um, that happened over and over. Um, the people, he'd get blessings from state presidents, he'd get blessings from, from bishops over and over. Anyway, uh, it, it, it went south obviously over, over time and, uh, Preston ended up dying in, uh, at the end of July. Um, and I remember it was obviously, tragic and the way he died was was incredibly painful and and uh about as bad as you can imagine um 
but I remember as soon as he died the next day, I mean, we were all still in shock. But every single Mormon who the day before had been talking about how he's going to be healed suddenly started saying, well, clearly he's healed now. He's, he's healed in the next life. That's what they meant. Um, when no one believed that the day before, or they, you know, essentially what they were telling him is, you know, you're going to be healed in this poor kid, uh, you know, was believing, believing what he'd always been taught. Um, and, uh, they were essentially lying to him and they were lying to themselves, uh, after the fact. Um, so after, after Preston, uh, died, I, I think, uh, that was the, the thing that really, uh, pushed me, uh, even further, uh, away from the church. And I think even just a few months after that is when I told Emily that, that I didn't believe the church is true anymore. Um, so obviously a, a difficult story. Um, but sure. But I, I remember um, when you came out, I was very happy. I wasn't alone anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. And then I think Dan, Matt, at that time, you were, was... you were very early on, uh, in, in your, religious belief as well um that was 2003 yeah. so you're out a couple years man i was yeah was I'd, a, I'd been out a couple years that, that was that like point. the year like 2003 was the year before i moved to chicago and i was just yeah you were <coughs> you were doing your own thing i was oh, doing right. i was yeah. partying at that time because i didn't care <laughs> yeah um anyway to, to skip it over i there would there would be times where i would uh, go through the motions with the church um like uh uh, you know, it, anyway, I, I never really turned back. Um, I, I never turned back to the church after 2005. Um, that was that was it for me. Hey, James, um, can I ask you yeah. a question? Um, was, sure. was it uh, Matt's influence that made you evangelical? Um, it was it was helpful. I think um, I think the basis that I had even before that um, from from my friends uh, and from the church that I went to with them was, was, I mean, that was really the only uh, introduction to Christianity I've ever had uh, was that evangelical view. Um, and for Matt and Andy to have that view, it was very reinforcing for sure. So that definitely, definitely helped. I think so. Um, but uh, in any case, uh, you know, I, I obviously, Emily was not um, pleased with uh, me leaving the church, I think. Do <laughs> <laughs> have a few uh, slight uh, indications that way? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm saying, and, and I mean, in her defense, it's like, I mean, she had just been through so much with her dad and her brother. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, this was her eternal family, right? And here I am, you know, blowing that up um, afterwards. Um, so I think that since I'd gone back and forth, you know, a few times, I think she had always just thought that it wasn't really real. Um, I think about seven years into our marriage, though, she started to realize that it was very real and that would be like 2008. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, we nearly, we nearly got a divorce, uh, at that time because of, uh, because of, of my our religious differences. Um, I, I stopped going to church. I took my garments off. Um, you know, I was I was pretty I was pretty argumentative about it. I I, I um, well, I basically just said this is not something I'm going to do anymore. 
And, uh, anyway, we had a, a, a moment where I thought we weren't going to get back together. We separated for a little while. Uh, but we were able to, to work through it. Um, and, uh, and come back together. And, um, I, I think since, um, I'd say probably the last seven or eight years have been, have been pretty good or have gotten a lot better. Um, but, uh, obviously she, uh, did not agree with, um, <laughs> with my worldview. Um, so, uh, as far as my religious beliefs, uh, I, I was like a, uh, roaming evangelical, um, I would just try different churches out every once in a while. Most of the time, I just stay home on Sunday. Um, I think uh, me and Matt actually tried to go to a few uh, evangelical churches when he lived in Maricopa. Um, I we think went I to where we guys Matt, a couple we went times to, too. Uh, yeah. that, that one in Chandler. I yeah, love we the one a lot. I we do love the one in Maricopa where it was it was fucking Ned Flanders. <laughs> yeah, Cal, Calvinist Flanders. I mean, he was he was he was Ned Flanders. He had the guitar, the mustache, the glasses. Talk like him. It was amazing. I should have joined that church. Yeah, he's like, and uh, there's just some people in the world who are retrobates and will never be saved. <laughs> <laughs> Oakley, Oakley. <laughs> Uh, sitting there, Daniel. Daniel's there with his, his ex-wife looking at me, looking at me like, what the fuck? Yeah, what is this? <laughs> I was like, I didn't recommend this church. No, this wasn't me. This was Matt. <laughs> I remember for, I remember during that time, I was the only one saying that religion is bullshit. And I remember having many conversations with, uh, with Matt and you and I was always on the outside, politically, religiously. I was always on the outside. And I remember uh, I worked with Matt uh, one summer um, in Sholo, and I I was the most liberal I had ever been in my life. <laughs> and Matt, if would... I could, if I could just, if I could just put it in context, Mark, uh, at that time, I believe you thought that nine eleven was an inside job. Is that correct? Well, it. <laughs> I certainly believe nine eleven is not an inside job. It, it definitely happened. I I had just watched Loose Change, and I was you know. <laughs> Night or twenty years old. But stupid let, let kid. me tell you a story about mer- working with Mark uh, that, that yes. summer. <laughs> so I would listen to right wing talk radio while I worked. Nine hours worth. Yeah, and um, so I we'd start the day with like G Gordon Liddy <laughs> would come on and he he'd be on for a few hours and then Rush Limbaugh and then after Rush Limbaugh Sean Hannity would come on. Oh, always my and, favorite. Yeah, and Mark would keep quiet really wouldn't say much listening to this up until we hit the first hour of Sean Hannity. And always within that first hour, there would be a liberal explosion. <laughs> there was a liberal volcano going off, just building all day long. And then there would be an eruption, and then you'd hear about this, the drowning polar bears. And, uh... <laughs> oh, it was... And and I, I remember, <laughs> Matt would would just laugh when we would talk about politics. But if I ever got on religion, it was the only thing that would piss off Matt. 
Matt would get so <laughs> upset when I talked about my beliefs on God because Matt was very ev- ev- evangelical at the time. So anytime we my liberal explosion would go to God, <laughs> Matt would get really upset, and then I just. Okay, we won't talk about that. (laughs) Which I think it is so funny now that Matt is more liberal probably than I was then. (laughs) Now. And he's on 9-11 being an inside job. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that was just stupidity at 20 years old. It only lasted a couple weeks. And I was like, no, it it happened. But uh, it's just funny that you know, religion was was definitely a topic we could not talk about uh, when working, and it's just funny that now, now we're I'm not alone in in my <laughs> beliefs. I kind of am because I'm the agnostic. But, uh, it's more. Yeah, they were mocking you just as much as me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's just because I'm the youngest brother. <laughs> I will always get the uh, the end of the stick. Well, we haven't got yeah, to your Catholicism yeah, version let's, yet. Let's hear, so the uh, locking uh, yeah, has yet to, to begin. So, I, uh, like I said, I was spending uh, time just roaming, uh, roaming evangelical. I go to like mostly just the typical evangelical churches, uh, uh, mega churches with you know bands and uh, uh, the seventeenth uh, discussion about giving more tithing uh, in the <laughs> year. Uh, that type type of thing. Uh, so I never really felt at home, and it's it's always very difficult. I, I mean, it's still very difficult even even now um, to to go to a church by yourself, and especially as a man who's you know uh, <laughs> in your thirties or almost forties now, uh, you know, by yourself uh, in a church, and you're like, hey, can I get involved? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> you're not really our you're not really our target demographic here. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so I went through that. I, I, uh, actually first started coming across, uh, Catholic thinking and Catholic teaching, uh, is I'd, I'd be working and I'd be listening to different, uh, podcasts or different, uh, YouTube videos, just different Christian ones. And some of the stuff that I started to get into, um, was, uh, religious debates between Christians. Uh, on YouTube, and so like Matt, you'd have like a a Calvinist and uh, an Armenian, uh, you know, oh, Catholic, or, Armenian Christian argue uh, over, or, or they'd have, you know, they'd argue about different things, you know, like predestination. Right, but they would both about... be in agreement about ignoring the Molinists. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They'd be like, who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I actually did come across one, and everyone was like, uh, he was arguing with a Calvinist guy, and this Molinist, this poor Molinist guy, this Calvinist guy's like, I've never heard of this before. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, in any case, uh, I found, uh, I came across some, some, um, some of some of these debates that were were discussing Catholic positions, um, and they'd even have Catholics on there. And I found myself being incredibly impressed with with the Catholic positions on on a lot of different issues. Um, just a lot of different issues. They were always well thought out. Uh, they had really good backing uh, in Scripture. Uh, 
And they kept on referring to um, something called the early church fathers, which uh, as an evangelical, I had no idea who these people were. Um, I didn't, I thought the, you know, the church, uh, you know, essentially stopped existing after uh, the scriptures were written. Uh, but uh, anyway, these early church fathers, um, like Polycarp and Matt loves. Oh, and, uh, uh, interesting uh, fun fact about Polycarp. He is the patron saint of dysentery is, and no, earaches. No. Really? Wow. Yeah. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying uh, a prayer that you might say to Polycarp is, oh, shit, I just need I need a new pair of pants. Right. Oh, <laughs> please, <laughs> please let me stop shitting. Please. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, writing and reading like Eusebius and, and some of the early Christian, I, I just I didn't know anything about early the early Christian church after the apostles or the early apostles. I didn't know anything about that, and so I started studying, and I found it I found it very fascinating. Um, I found some early early Christian writing, and what I found um, was that essentially. The, the church has always been Catholic, uh, going going way back. Then. The, the, their views on on the Eucharist, on sacraments, on baptism, on on everything, it's as old as the apostles are. It, it goes all the way back that way. Um, and I also kind of fell in love with with Christian history throughout the centuries, and that's essentially what. So it was like the, the Crusades are, that, uh, like, even though my brothers will mock them, the, the Crusades is uh, what converted you to Catholicism, <laughs> or was yeah, it the so Spanish Inquisition? That I'll go over who just absolutely decimated those filthy Muslims. <laughs> 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 well, yes, this is the religion for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then anyway, helping they, all the Jews uh, in Spain was, accept Christ was their torture of... <laughs> right. <laughs> the Inquisition. That's the church for me. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the appeal, you, you James. Know, like, I can definitely see. Of this stuff that you're saying isn't true. Like we've discussed this. Like anyway. Wait, are you saying that um, the, those things didn't happen? No, the the, the 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 Crusades is completely has nothing to do with the church. It has nothing to do. The Spanish Inquisition has nothing to do with the church. Um, it has to do with some popes. Yeah, that's part of the Catholic Church. No, I think it actually had everything to do that's, with it, that's James. Mis, that's a that's a common misconception, which uh, maybe we should name this podcast "Common Misconceptions uh, Corrected by James." <laughs> <laughs> I still go with when is James going to blow up? <laughs> uh, go yeah, ahead. Are we getting close to critical mass, James? <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, you know, that's I, I appreciate it. Uh, we'll we'll see if I can contain myself. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, I after, after all that, I just kind hey, of James. fell in love with Catholic history and the sacraments and and everything like that. I, I decided to uh, join the Catholic Church. Uh, I guess it'll be three and a half years now. Is when I first uh, um, became. Uh, a Catholic on, on Easter. Uh, my brothers were there. Uh, they enjoyed oh, the uh, the Easter vigil mass, which took about four hours. Yeah. <laughs> can I, you I, take I'm... your seat? <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> we only have three my more favorite... hours to go. <laughs> my uh, my favorite part of that was looking at Dad. 
<laughs> looking back there, and just his face contorted. <laughs> when and he's trying dead, to kneel. And... Mormon, but he hated long meetings. Like, Dad oh, hated yeah. long meetings. And here we are, and Dad's face was, like, contorted with, like, this is still going on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's not over. <laughs> and, uh, All right, James I think Daniel was there as well. Uh, Daniel, you were with you were with mom and or or dad and, and Morgan, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah Dan was there. Dan yeah, was there. Yeah, um, I missed it. I uh, so, I really yeah. wanted to go, but I I missed it. Well, I was there for your baptism into. Uh, Matt, uh, yeah, that was it. Matt was going to go, but he uh, evidently passed out. Uh, I'm not sure if he take something or <laughs> well, James if you remember I, uh, I was if he was hung over I, I don't know what was going on with Matt that day but he slept right through it I did sleep right through it uh, I, I apologize for that I really did want to be there I can't believe I slept through it but I did but I was, yeah, I was also did. there for well, your well, baptism in the evangelical church too James so, um, what's that I said I was there for your baptism in the evangelical church as well that's right. Yeah, uh, that's right. All right. Well, James, it, unfortunately, Adam has to go. He has to work, and he Adam is okay. our producer. That's my son for for our right. listeners. Hello. Um, <laughs> uh, we've got we've got just a, a couple more minutes, so if you can just wrap it up real quick, and uh, and then our next round three on this, we get to just yeah round three. What a, destroy what a, each other? Destroy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think uh, round. I think our next pod sh- podcast should be about our ghost story no we got to finish this one and then we'll do the ghost stories because we haven't really discussed well i mean there's a, so i mean i'm i'm okay with you know anybody's story there so I'm a, I'm a practicing roman catholic i go by myself um to that mass, sounds very uh, lonely it <laughs> <laughs> um, sounds very lonely <laughs> it is, I no no it's not he's got all his well. saints and um, whatever with it's him. fine i mean i'm very i'm very happy with uh my faith in general uh uh, I would, uh, we, so, I mean, we can, we can leave it there. Um, yeah. Well, you should be happy with the new president. He's Catholic. Is he? Yeah. Biden's yeah. Catholic. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Not only is he a legitimate president, he's a legitimate Catholic. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, legitimate? Uh, oh, my God. I don't know. Maybe. Sure. All right, well, um, go ahead, yeah. James. Well, I wanted to say uh, I would like to discuss uh, each one of my brothers has had uh, various supernatural experiences that they uh, seem to deny now uh, as, I guess, hallucinations or uh, I'm not sure what you would, would say. Power uh, up, you tell you what, Matt have had yeah, we keep going to ghosts, I guess. I, we, I, we could tell our ghost stories next that time. That we would yeah. like to discuss at some point. <laughs> Why don't we do that next time, is we'll discuss our ghost stories. I would like yeah. to hear how okay. my atheist brothers can explain ghosts. I, I, will, I yeah. am looking forward to the opportunity. Right. So, right. Um, right. But we have some pretty cool stories, ghost stories coming up. I'm looking forward to the next episode. Um. Anyway, thanks for to our listeners who have listened. Uh, but we're going to have to end it there. Uh, do you guys have any final thoughts? No. Thanks for uh, telling us the story, James and Mark. I, think yeah. I like I like this because yeah. it kind of gives the background. Yeah. With everybody. Yeah. Well, thank so you for sharing, up, James. Both me and Mark have 
received Catholic sacraments. <laughs> uh, I've received them before too, James. Yeah. No, you didn't. Catholic? Yeah, I had a friend when I was living in Chicago. She was Catholic, and she would drag me to Easter and Christmas with her, and take mass. Oh, you and never whole... took communion or anything, did you? You never received a gift of the spirit. Oh, I did. I did once. You're not allowed to take communion, <laughs> but they let me. <laughs> you, were, you were hungry and you wanted crack, wine. The cracker and the wine, yeah. <laughs> Jesus tastes delicious. <laughs> All right, well, we're, we'll leave it on that note. Jesus is delicious. Jesus is delicious. And so, um, <laughs> all right, that's it. All right, thanks.